And and I'm not gonna lie, in Waterworld, you need to be killing anyone you see that is lesser than you because you're just gonna take all their shit. Like that's what you do. Like if I'm Kevin Costner in Waterworld and I run across a, some creepy guy that has all this shit that I can trade with, I'm just gonna fucking kill him. Like because that's you know that's the world we live in, Adam. sun. For millions of years, the source of life. But for one planet, the source of its demise. The temperatures climbed. The vast fields of ice at its poles melted, and the oceans rose. Centuries later, few people remain on this planet once called Earth. In this place, they know only as Water World. <laughs> Welcome to the Super 90s Brothers. Oh! Where we do hazy memory riffs of the most fly decade ever. I'm your host, Brennan Pointer. Along with me is Adam J. Pitzler. How's it going, buddy? Oh! And today we're talking about Water World. Yes, we are. Man, that was some, um, that was some sick opening. Uh, was that James Earl Jones? I don't know who that was doing it. I wish they were narrating the whole movie. I know that was I was amazing. That that sounded like James Earl Jones doing Waterworld, and which would make sense because as we're gonna get to, they they spared no expense. So somebody was like, "Hey, can we get James Earl Jones to read three sentences?" They're like, "It'll cost two million bucks." Like, "Fuck it, it's Waterworld. Let's do it." They're like, "Done." <laughs> well, how how's it going? How are you doing? It's good. It's uh, it's Sunday. It's nine a.m. We're both up and working on our podcast. This is this is how I envisioned being thirty-seven years old. Yeah, me too. And this is exactly this is my. You know, the good thing is I don't my, my children are not home. They're at their grandparents. So I uh, I have I got to wake up late and uh, yeah, it's been it's been a nice lazy morning, lazy Sunday morning. Um, that's, that's so great. If I if I like. If I had kids, I feel like I would just ship them to the grandparents until they were like seven, eight years old. That's basically what we do. Yeah. Um, booming, dude. We've gotten like 20 new reviews in the last like three, two, two weeks. 26. It's been- we got 26 new reviews in like two weeks. And we got what we have 4000 listens last week. Yeah, we had we've everything's. Yeah, this is awesome. It's been it's been a lot of fun. So yeah, uh, I, 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 who are these people that listen to us though? Like reach out to us. We don't know who you are. We're yeah. like, there's part of us that thinks this isn't real. Nobody's actually listening to our show. These are like Chinese bots. Maybe they are, but if they are Chinese bots, they're coming from Seattle and San Jose. So, oh, we're big in Seattle and San Jose. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, what a weird, so- why? I wonder uh, why. I don't know. Um, I don't know how, how. Don't maybe uh, maybe we're getting some pub over there uh, that I'm not that I don't know about. Maybe I have fans in the Bay Area that I'm not aware of. Yeah. Well, even though we've had a humongous jump in you know listens, reviews, share share our show with your friends, and yeah, it doesn't matter if it doesn't stick, right? So right, exactly. you guys who are listening, first thing, click that subscribe button for us, which makes you a dope ass cat in our books, and you don't even have to keep listening; just subscribe. Yeah, just subscribe. Yeah, um, just, we'd like just to download listening. Yeah, if you just subscribe, it just counts as a listen. So that that, that works for us or a download. Uh, so yeah, thank you guys so much, and uh, 
let, let's get into this. Let's get into one of the greatest movies of the 1990s. Let's get into let's let's splash into Waterworld. Ow! Uh, debuted July 28th, 1995, of a budget of 175 million dollars. It had a box office of 265 million, and it was at the time the most expensive film ever made and it also came out a day before my wife's birthday on her 11th birthday i wonder if my wife abby wouldn't saw this in the theater the most expensive movie ever made like if you didn't know it was Waterworld, and you and you told somebody that was like aware of 90s movies and you said okay what's the what do you think is the most expensive movie made in the 90s do you think anyone would come close to picking Waterworld that didn't just know that fact <laughs> Uh, probably not. I mean, there's a lot of other movies that I would imagine. It's hard for me to, pe- to, I don't even ever really remember Waterworld as like a, like something you have to remember from the nineties. You know what I mean? Like it, like we're doing it cause it's fucking hilarious. It's a bad movie and it just got, it just got uh, streamed on Netflix again. So mm-hmm. we love to talk shit about bad expensive movies, but more than that, this was like a, a cultural event at the time. Everyone, everyone was aware of Waterworld. Right. At yeah, the time, every, I mean, at the time, I mean, we just played the 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 trailer for you. The trailer was great. Uh, I, I thought like it really set up this movie that it was going to be this great, epic, you know, movie based in the sea that's like in the future. Like it just seemed it, it seemed really cool. <laughs> you are such a sucker, a pigeon as they call them, a stool, a, a stoolie. Like that was. The clues were all there. This was going to be a giant pile of shit. <laughs> Whenever any movie tries to like, tries to make their world like in a world covered by <laughs> oceans, one man who drinks his own urine can save the day. And it, whenever you get that in a trailer, it's like, okay, this is going to be totally fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's. Well, I don't. I, to be fair, I mean, I, I I like the movie. So, like, how? So, this is nineteen ninety five, summer of nineteen ninety five. How we were eleven years old, and I imagine you went and saw this when it came out, right? No, um, we didn't? we oh, our family. I remember everyone, like at least my mom and my stepdad, just saying that. Oh, I didn't hear it was very good. Like, and this is in like our show notes. A lot of people talked a lot of shit about Waterworld. And and the it was one of those hype versus reality problems. It's like, it's not that Waterworld is such a terrible movie, but it had so much hype. And it was built as the most expensive movie ever made. And that was built into their marketing presentation. So people were like, whoa, I can't wait to see what they do with all that money. And I was like, oh, they built an ocean somewhere. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's what they did. <laughs> it's like, oh, I've seen oceans um that well i mean so so when did you see it for the first time then when it came out on like hbo or showtime or whatever like six months later we saw it on i watched it on network tv and i I remember watching it just because i mean everyone had seen it and i remember going in with like very low expectations because everyone had talked so much shit and then when i saw it i was like yeah it's kind of good like i i didn't you didn't see it six months later. You had to see it like a year later. The movies didn't come out on like HBO that quickly back then. Well, yeah, so. I, that that could be true. Those I could be a few months off, but how, whatever the timeline is, whenever it got released to like cable, we watched yeah. it. Well, I'll tell you my story because I went and saw this movie the day it came out, 
I probably stood in the line to get good seats to see it. Um, I probably was dropped off at the movie theater to watch it with my my one of my friends. Um, I don't remember what friend I went and saw the movie with, but this is a time in my life where like Newport Cinemas, which was was really close to my house, was like. It, I mean, it was like five miles away, but like my parents would just drop me off there and just leave me there, and I'd go see and I'd go see movies all the time. And you and, pay them back by leaving your kids with them all weekend now. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and and I enjoyed this movie. It's 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 an entertaining movie for a young like for a young man like who is just like watching like eating popcorn, eating it like like just just enjoying the movie it was a it's a fun action-packed movie like i don't see anything there's nothing about this movie that is overly terrible in my opinion well that's one opinion Uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh man i don't i don't hate this movie like you guys if you've been listening to the podcast like go listen to like outbreak or um, the secret world of Alex Mack, where you just hear me just like talk shit for like an hour, solid, just like angry. Like I'm angry that it was made and I am angry that all these like scenes went poorly. I don't feel that way about Waterworld. I don't think it's good, but I don't hate it. I, I think it's, I think Kevin Costner is, it, I think he tries so hard <laughs> and it comes across. <laughs> like it, it just seems like he's trying so hard, you know, to make this big epic movie. And it's like, Eh, it's 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 sort of like that the youtube thing where like you could produce a show with 12 famous actors for four for four years and release it on youtube and it won't get as many hits as a kitten falling off a couch it's not about effort it's about what people want to see that that's fair this is also i mean this is a time in kevin costner's career where he's just trying to make all these epic movies like he I mean started with dances with wolves which he won an academy not a, yeah he won an academy award for that like as a director um and then he did robin hood the bodyguard you know wyatt earp and then Waterworld, and then he was just he, i mean this is a peak this is peak kevin costner wouldn't you say yeah it's a low peak but yeah i mean I like mean, i mean if he's he's in the you know the most expensive movie ever made and i know that the most expensive piece is like it's because of like shit happened on in production that made it the most expensive but i mean this is i mean he was probably the one of the biggest hot stars at the time when i mean kevin costner was everywhere yeah like, it was like probably kevin costner tom cruise and bruce willis i feel like you're vastly overrating kevin costner like I, mean, I, you know, I, think- I, just, I guess i just love kevin costner so much like he's one of my favorite actors of all time which is says something about me obviously well, baseball people love kevin costner because he was in two maybe the, the best two baseball movies like mm-hmm. ever made like I, I i don't think bull durman's the second best baseball movie ever but a lot of people do and um field of dreams was immensely popular dances with wolves eh, it's for the birds I, I just think that movie's fucking boring it's it's is i'm it's really long and, and you guys listen to the show you hear me talk about length of movies like it's very important to me because it is Dances Woes is like four hours long, something like that. It's it's insane. And then mm-hmm. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves is actually oh, like two and a half plus hours long. And most people don't think that movie's very good. They had to like, they had to write in, they had to change the idea that they were all going to speak with English accents because Kevin Costner couldn't do one. He couldn't do a believable English accent. So they like wrote that out of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And then fucking Wyatt Earp sucked. 
Like, White Earp was the shitty Western that came out next to Tombstone. And it's like, if anybody liked White Earp and didn't like Tombstone, you're like, wow, that guy sucks. Like, Tombstone is like 15 million times better than White. Like, who likes White Earp? Like, I, you clearly <laughs> like Kevin Costner a lot more than me. <laughs> I think it's because I love Tin Cup, and Tin Cup is one of my favorite sports movies of all time. And then I have a secret love, and we'll probably get into this later for. The Postman. So, uh, yeah, all right. I do want to talk about Kevin Cosner's career more later. So, but first, we have a, and I hope you have the drop ready. Um, and I didn't write into the show sheet, but Brennan, you've got your famous segment coming up. So, I'm going to turn it over to you. Oh, Brennan's bad synopsis. Yeah, do you just have uh, that drop saved? Bad synopsis. Here, Brennan, here bad goes synopsis. Here goes nothing. Waterworld is about a world in the future where it's covered in water and. The Mariner, a.k.a. Kevin Costner, a.k.a. the greatest actor of all time, is this in the sea. And he's tooling around, doing stuff in the sea, you know, fighting people, I imagine. He's collecting things. Um, and then he goes <laughs> to this atoll where he, you know, trades some sand for some for some fresh H2O. And then, and then stuff happens. He, there's a girl there that has a tattoo on her back. A little tiny girl, by the way, like a, a six-year-old girl. She has a tattoo on her back that will get people to dry land. And then Dennis Hopper comes in and wants to steal this girl. And then that's the rest of the movie. Yeah, you know, that was... It wasn't <laughs> extremely detail-oriented, but that was one of the better synopses you've done. Because it was short and sweet and to the point. And sometimes Brennan will, like, ramble on for, like, like the end-of-days synopsis Brennan just kept going I, I had to like cut him off like 18 minutes in <laughs> <laughs> well I think I typically ramble on synopsis where I don't know the synopsis of the movie that well and but actually when you look at Waterworld there isn't much of a synopsis here like this movie does not have there's one plot point they are looking for dry land there are bad guys that are trying to steal the girl who will get them to dry land but and the whole dry land thing is bizarre to me anyways because it's just they should have they should have found dry land by now. <laughs> so we'll get to that too. Um, okay. All right, let's go. Let's go through some. Of, let's go through the characters, and we'll start with Kevin Costner, aka the Mariner, aka Fish Boy, as I'll call him frequently henceforth. Yeah. Best so, introduction of a character in a movie, in my opinion, ever. The movie opens. Kevin Costner pees into a cup, puts it through a little filter thing, and then proceeds to drink his own pee. That is how the most expensive movie in the world made to date decided this is how we're going to introduce our protagonist. This is going to how we're introduce our storytelling mode. This is our first shot of what the best movie you may ever see based on the hype is going to be. It's Kevin Costner drinking his own piss. And I imagine that machine probably was a big part of the budget. That was probably like a million dollars right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay so wh what you need to know about kevin costner in this in this movie is that he's not a human he's a fish monster person he's like a merman type he he has like web toes and gills behind his ears and he can he can breathe underwater so he's he's a fish monster but with a heart he's an evolution of what a human would become if they lived in a water world C can we just That's talk about that for what does that exactly mean does that mean that his mother was a mermaid what do you mean the evolution? You, basically, it's like the adapter die. Like if you, if you, if you. So what happened? He was so one day one child in Waterworld was born with web toes and gills. 
Like, oh, good, know. we're adapting. I'm not really, I'm not entirely sure how evolution works. And usually, I mentioned evolution works on a scale of hundreds of thousands of years, not just like 500 years. Like this movie takes, as this movie takes place, it's supposed to be like 500 years into the future. And, um, so like evolution wouldn't take place over you know just 500 years it doesn't actually really make much sense and, and to be what? honest like it doesn't make sense obviously <laughs> but like but also like the the point the plot of the point like the the big reveal of it is it, it it's kind of a throwaway like the fact that he is a fish man like it doesn't really it doesn't really it's not like a big surprise when it happens no everyone's like oh a fish man. God damn them. Kill him. Um, but yeah, he he's definitely a fish monster and he has he has a heart. Um, he's got a heart. A, a, you know, kind of a a jaded heart. He's been jaded. People have people have turned their noses up at him just because he has gills behind his ears. And you know, he's sick of it. He wants he wants equal rights for fish monsters. Um yeah. Stop the um, fish monster hate. Does he have a heart though? He kind of has. A, I guess he has. A, he, like he makes friends, and then that makes him have a heart. Like yeah, like he, he has much well, of a heart. He, develop, he develops a heart. He evolves a heart, much like his gills, through the course uh, of the movie. And and he gets to sail around on this really cool boat that goes really fast and has like like has all these automatic features where the sails go up. And like the beginning of the movie, like he runs into this guy who like steals his limes off his boat. <laughs> and the guy's like, you're not going to catch me because you don't have your sails up. And then he like he presses these levers and these sails goes up. And then like all of a sudden he's gone from zero miles per hour to, or not or whatever knots are. He goes from zero knots to like 50 knots. And now he's like, and now other p bad guys show up and they're like trying to get him to, and he just takes them all out. It was great. Oh man, I love this movie. <laughs> yeah, he has this really dope ass boat that kicks. It's like the best boat. It's not even, like no one else in the movie has a boat that's cool at all. Everyone else has like like a piece of shit raft that they're like blowing into the sail, right? Like <laughs> 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 they can't fucking go anywhere. Meanwhile, he's in the fucking like Taj Mahal boat, this weird fish monster man. I don't know where he got it or how he built it. He he dug it up from under the sand when he swam down there in his bubble, which we'll get to. But everybody <laughs> wants his boat, and it's like you know that everyone's gonna come after your boat. You know that you're a fish person. You're draw you're you're asking for bad attention. It's like driving a really really nice car into the into the worst part of Oakland. Like it's it's not the best idea. <laughs> oh man, um, it's you know it, it's it's a. A trimaran, that's the kind of boat it is. It's um like like the, the brother of the catamaran. So um so <laughs> we we said okay, we said that Robin Hood was a prior success and uh we mentioned Dance with Wolves, JFK. We didn't mention that one. That one was popular. Um right. so like Kevin Costner was just riding high, and yeah. I think that this was supposed to be the swans the swan song the pinnacle mm. and vintage you know his 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 world series is the biggest most expensive movie ever where he's the star and he's a fish mutant and you know it's a love story <laughs> so somehow <laughs> and it just didn't work yeah kevin costner's just in love with these types of movies of he 
just wanted he loved being in these epics and uh yeah i think he really wanted this to be great and it just it just wasn't um, yeah um and he, as thought, a he, he thought he was untouchable his character was kind of a dick too and um and everyone everyone else in this in this world was full of like this mythological lore that they were all like eating into like they had like this dumb belief system built around dry land and he was like he was really quick to shit on that and brennan we're gonna have you play that role. you're a fool to believe in something you've never seen before you've seen it i've touched it dirt that was richer and darker than yours it was in the basket we found in no land it doesn't exist well how can you be so sure because i've sailed farther than most of dream dry land is a myth coming from fish boy I, yeah, and he's sailed very far. Like, obviously, he has a really fast boat. So, like, he's you know he's been sailing over the over the water world, and he hasn't came across land yet. So, I mean, you got to believe him. So, if you're a fish monster, what do you care about dry land? Like, you don't need dry land. You can literally breathe underwater. Yeah, I mean, I think you need dry land because you need fresh water, right? That's but he's got pee, be- Brennan. Pee for yeah, days. They need fresh water. That's why they're looking for dry land, obviously. Um, and so, I mean, that's that that is why they need to get there. So he can't. He he needs it too to survive. And where are they getting this fresh water? I'm guessing it's coming from the rain, right? Like they're, they call it they're, hydro. Like it's like it's some sort of variation of fresh water. I, I don't know. Maybe I, I I didn't I didn't find that in the backstory. Uh, maybe they have like. Some Let's come back of- to the dry water theory when we get to the ending, because I, I'd like to discuss that with you. Um, <clears throat> so the next character, the next main character in this movie, Brennan, why don't you do this one? Is one of the greatest actors of all time, Dennis Hopper, a.k.a. Ow. the bad guy. And he's the leader of the smokers on the Exxon Valdez, which we'll get into. Um, and he also wants to fight in dry land. And so he, you know, he, st- he finds a way to steal this little girl. And uh, he's also, but but Dennis Hopper at the time was making uh, his career at the moment as as being the bad guy. He was a bad guy in Speed and in Super Mario Brothers. He was King Koopa. Not only was he a bad guy in those movies, he was the exact same character. Like he is the exact same character in Speed and Super Mario Brothers and Waterworld. They're the same performance. Like like somebody saw Speed and they're like, oh, I want that in Super Mario Brothers or vice versa. Then somebody's like, yes, and we need that in Waterworld too. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay. And if you were like a guy like me or Brennan, you're like, hey, it's King Koopa. And now he leads the smokers. And it's like, what the fuck is the smokers? They're they're the the bad gang of raiders, pirates rather, in mm. Waterworld. And they're distinguishable because they're all chain smokers. Oh, is that why they're called the smokers? I thought they were called the smokers because they like all their all all of their vehicles like smoked really heavily because they we're using bad gas. No, they're all t- chain cigarette smokers. Don't you remember like Dennis Hopper throwing like cartons of cigarettes to all of them and like oh. constantly all of them are smoking cigarettes the entire time? That's why they're called yeah. smokers. It is it's like a it's like a bad 1985 WWF gimmick. And now Hulk Hogan versus the Smoker and this guy comes out and he's like puffing a cigar and he's like he's a bad guy and he's got hot pink like boy shorts mm-hmm. on. Where, where are they getting all all of this, um, all these cigarettes? I wonder, since everything's underwater. Yeah, I guess like, they they commandeered a shipment. Is the only thing I can think of is that maybe th- 
Dennis Hopper and his his crew of merry men found like a like a like a what's the name of that fucking thing that's blocking the Suez Canal? Oh, the the, like the freighter. Yeah, the freighter yeah. ship. That that's how I always envisioned it. Like the smokers mm-hmm. found some fucking freighter ship, and there was a cargo full of cigarettes that never found mm-hmm. the mainland. Like, yes, this is ours. Now we can all be chain smokers, and we'll have an identity. Um, the one, yeah. I mean, I imagine there's a lot of these container shipping container or shipping containers or all these ships around. Like, where is there? There must be more of them, right? There's more versions of the smokers out there. So, um, yeah, we yeah. Imagine. We- it doesn't give you a very good idea of like exactly where they are in Waterworld. I don't know that it's relevant, but it's like, you know, in in the end, you know, they end up in like Europe or isn't that? No, isn't, no they're in they're at Mount Everest. So they're like in Central Asia. OK, so they end up in Central Asia. So mm-hmm. they're near there, presumably. <laughs> Otherwise, they didn't presumably. just like walk. They didn't ride over to Central Asia in like a couple days. Um the the i the the where they're at in the world that doesn't make much sense to me because it takes this movie takes over takes place over a couple of days and when they go underwater to you know when kevin costner takes one the character underwater uh genie Tri- triplehorn whatever her name is uh they are actually supposed to be like maybe in like denver and so if so if they're in denver and then they get to like asia it it doesn't make any sense. Where so did like, you get Denver? I did some <laughs> did some research. <laughs> like I was like, I, I wanted to know. Like they're going underwater. Like she, he's showing them where he gets he, where they find dry land. Like air quotes, and where he gets the the sand from. And he and I, I was like, what city is this it's supposed to be in? Oh, the, the Mile that, High but, City. Yeah, it's but that's it's why they picked be, it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's most likely Denver. But who knows? <laughs> okay, so that's kind of stupid. But I mean, that's so Dennis Hopper leads these bad guys, and they're they're buffoons. They're not intimidating. They're like they're like foot soldiers from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They like they can't do anything right. They're always shooting each other, or getting hurt, or tripping over themselves, or shooting the wrong boat. Like his like band of smokers are completely worthless idiot henchmen goons. Yeah, they they are very stupid. Like specifically the one scene where like they're trying to take over the atoll where like Kevin Costner is being held captive and everything, and then they're as they're escaping, they like he Kevin Costner does this thing where he like makes one of the boat boats turn, and the guy just keeps on shooting shooting like this gunner, and he he keeps on shooting right into his own people. Like he doesn't know what he's shooting at. Like I don't. Yeah, they are they're really dumb. They're really dumb people. It's, and it's beyond it's not fun dumb it's not like no. they're they're bumping into each other and getting hurt like uh three ninjas bad guys or some shit like they're supposed to be bad and menacing and we're supposed to be afraid that they're gonna get the little girl but they're completely fucking incompetent like it's not no. it doesn't work um no. and and moreover dennis hopper is really 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 over the top very over the top which, um which, which was what we're going to get into right now. I'm sorry. She make fun of him. He wouldn't like it. Girl, I don't give a shit what he'd like. He took out my eye. And if I ever see him again, I'm going to cut open his head and I'm going to eat his brain. You think he'd like that? 
will come for me. He will. Well, then you better tell me what I want to know. <laughs> oh man, he took my eye. He sounds like um. I'm gonna cut like, him open and eat his brain. I think he might have based this character after like a mean, like a mean Jimmy Buffett. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett is like you know, you know Jimmy Buffett, you know Margaritaville, like you know cheeseburger know personality. Is that how Jimmy Buffett acts in real life? I don't, I don't get oh, this just, reference. It is how he sounds. He sounds like a he sounds kind of like a pirate, like. Like a, a a pirate from the south, like a pirate from Florida. That's what he sounds like. He sounds like a a, a white trash guy from Florida. <laughs> he reminds me of everybody's kind of like creepy, annoying, but at the end of the day, friendly uncle. The uncle that gives you a lot of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm that uncle to my nephews. Like, not like a bad uncle, just an uncle that likes to fuck with you. Like, that's hmm. how he sounds to me every time he's talking. So let's move on to the lady and the girl. The other, the only other real characters. This is, uh, I think it's Gian Triplehorn, but I could be wrong. Could be Jeannie and it's, Tina. It's, it's, Tina Marjorina. It's team. Yeah, it's definitely Jeannie. Um, I will say, I want to say one thing about Dennis Hopper. I did not realize he actually lost his eye in the movie. I just thought that was a, his character from the beginning. But I. But, what do you mean you didn't realize his eye gets blown out and he wears an eye patch? He has a hole in his head. Thinking back to it, I always just thought he had an had a. A missing eye and then i realized it was a part of the movie that's all and so oh right his eye gets blown out in the movie yeah, exactly from, from the scene you just mentioned with that idiot turret gunner like who gets like his boat turns towards his boss dennis harper and he doesn't notice that it's turning and he just proceeds to like blow up dennis hopper's boat and he blows up his eye and so they build him like this really shitty fake eye <laughs> they mm. sort of like they sort of like glue into his head at one scene and he's sitting around all these smoker cronies are like, oh, yeah, it looks great. Yeah, you look good. And then he he asks some like teenage kid. He goes, how does it look? And the kid goes, it looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, then the next two characters, the, really the only other characters of note in this movie. And there's a couple of, I guess, other side characters that we might will gloss over. But uh, is, um yeah, Jeannie Triplehorn and then Tina Majorino um, from Napoleon Dynamite. And but also Jeannie Triplehorn from one of our favorite TV shows that we used to actually like meet up and watch together was um, Big Love. Big Love. So Brennan and I used to love Big Love. And at the time, Brennan didn't have HBO. And so he would mm. come to my house every Sunday and we'd watch Big Love together, which was one of the more homoerotic things we ever did as <laughs> as two straight male friends. But I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, Tina Majorino was also in uh, Big Love as well. I was going to um, mention she, that. Yeah, she she was in it briefly. She was like uh, the hot the hotter girl's friend. Yeah, Amanda, Amanda Seyfried's friend. <clears throat> anyway, and, so mom and the little girl. The, actually, she's not your mom. She's like she's just some woman that cares for the little girl. Yes. So the mom yeah. and little girl want to find dry land. They know there's some creepy tattoo on the little girl. Their town is getting attacked by Dennis Hopper and the smokers. But luckily, the mariner fish boy is there like fleeing the scene at the time and the mom and the little girl help fish boy escape in exchange for being passengers on his boat. Yes. And in the, in the little girl, she's a little spitfire. She's like, she's really, you know, she's really, uh, I'm, I was going to say, she likes brat. to challenge the establishment. Yes. She's, she's an annoying little kid is what she is. She just like, she likes to ask questions. You know who she reminds me of? She reminds me of my children. She, that's exactly who, like, she, she's probably that close at that age, like five, six, seven. She just asks questions constantly. 
like um my favorite scene with her is the scene where like Kevin Costner is like like I'm gonna have to kill her or because else we're gonna we're not gonna be able to survive. So he's gonna kill the little girl. Um just because, you know, or just because, because she's well, no no because they 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 needed to survive and they don't have enough food or water to all three of them survive, so he's gonna kill her. Oh, your you know? favorite scene is when he wanted to kill the little girl for water. For water purpose, for purposes of like you know, they need to let her. They need to cut one of these people out. So it's either right, her right. or a little girl. So it's a uh, triage, isn't that the word? I, I guess I don't know. I don't. I'm not familiar with that word. That, That's your favorite that, scene in that contest. It's not my favorite scene. It was, just, <laughs> it was a funny scene when I was watching it. Is that like he's just like, and then he's like, ah, oh, never mind. We're not going to kill. We're not going to kill her. So she's also like uh, the little girl is she's kind of like a little savant, like a little artist savant. And she, mm. she has memories in her brain that she can't unlock. And she draws, she likes to draw horses and trees. And these are things none of, nobody's ever seen. They're like, what are mm. these, what are these animals? What are these weird green things that you're drawing all over fish boys, rare national geographic magazine artifact, which nobody has because it's fucking water world and all papers been destroyed that you're fucking riding on with crayons right now. You little six year old girl. Like, what is that? And everyone's like, I have may have mentioned this in one other podcast, but I just, I hate so much when a plot line is the child holds the key and we all need to, we all need to get down to the child's level to unlock the key to the movie, whatever the fuck it is. I just, I hate that story so much and it's done so much, especially in the nineties. What other movies were, were a child holds the key? Like, do you have a, like a specific like? You know, I know it's a, gimmick, a million right? movies. They're usually like they're usually not like this exactly. They're usually like the kid is like slightly autistic, and there's been a murder or something, and it's like you need to get the key. Like, there's there's so many movies like that where like the kid has like a slight development disa- disability, and he can't just flat out fucking tell you the answer. So you got to go through this long hour and a half fucking sideways way of finding out the answer. So that the child could tell you. And that's like the crux of what the movie hinges on. That this kid knows, but he can't just come out and say it. And that that's the uh, kind of movie I'm talking about. Yeah. I, it makes sense. Um, it's yeah, just cheap. You know, it, feels like, it just feels like a cheap anchor to anchor a story on. It's like, well, the girl knows, but she can't say it. Yeah. I'm just going to say the one thing, the, the, the elephant in the room is, you know, this is Waterworld. Everything's really cutthroat. If they need this girl for the tattoo, they could literally just kill the girl and just cut the tattoo off her. And I know that's one thing that Dennis Hopper was thinking in the end, but like this little girl obviously doesn't hold the key to where this dry land is. Like in her mind, she holds it on her skin. So like they don't really need the little girl to survive to to get to where they're going to go. And can we right? talk about this tattoo for a minute? Like, have you seen this tattoo? How the fuck does that tell you where to go? Like it, the idea that that is the, the that these idiot smokers could decipher that to find dry land is nuts. I would yeah. say that you probably don't want to kill the little girl because then her flesh will rot and then the tattoo will be extremely hard to read. Like if you're, it'd be That's better right. to keep her alive until you find dry land. If the tattoo is the only thing you have to go on, you don't want to kill her because then her her skin will rot. That's true. Um, I will say about the tattoo it, when doing a little research is that the there, there's a bunch of like um, Chinese characters on it and the the characters put 
give you the the longitude and latitude of where where the dry land is. So there is that like so there it does if, if someone knew Chinese, they they would be able to find it. But, All right, so let's so this, let's talk about that a little bit. So you're Chinese and you're on Mount Everest and mm -hmm. you're like, hey, dry land. And the rest of the world is underwater. Shit, we're alone. We need more people. Here's a bunch of babies. Let's tattoo their backs and ship them out to Denver in hopes that <laughs> somebody's going to find this map back to us. Like, how did she ever leave Everest? I, I don't think that's how it works. I don't know. I, this that's a that's the that's the prequel. That's a Waterworld prequel. Like, how did this little girl Anola get to the atoll? And like, why was she? Why did she leave Dryland? Like, was she captured? Like, I don't know. That's, maybe it that's was the Sherpas. Caribbean. I don't like know. If, maybe if, if you're starting a foundation at the tip top of Mount Everest, don't you think it's founded by those like Nepalese Sherpas? Nepalese? Yeah. yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. In, in, so they were probably like, ah, we have enough people here. And people kept having babies. And they kept, like, shipping them out to Denver. Mm. You know? And then somebody with, like, a heart would steal the baby in transit and draw the little tattoo on his back. And then say, this will work. Someone will find this girl and lead us back. Maybe she was actually just cast out because she because she's white. Or annoying. Or annoying. I don't know. You know? Also, when like when was this tattoo put on her? Like, if she was put, it was put on her when she was like a little, like a baby. This yeah. tattoo would be like a lot, be stretched out and it'd be, it'd be it fucked up. Be, it'd be like my cousin's. Yeah. It'd be like my cousin's dolphin tattoo that was jumping over her navel, and then she got pregnant and looked like a whale. <laughs> That's not real. Yes, it is. That's a real story. <laughs> That's a real fucking story. <laughs> oh my god! When she was like nineteen twenty, she got this little dolphin jumping over her fucking navel as a tattoo, and then she got pregnant a few years later, and she won't show that tattoo anymore. Like it's, but like I saw it back in the day. <laughs> oh my gosh! Anyway, that uh, would be Enola's like. Like it would fuck up the longitude latitude numbers. They'd be like, oh, look, here's the number. It would take them, you know, to, yeah, I don't know, back to Denver. You know what else you could just do? You could just redraw it on something else. <laughs> yeah, really? Hey, look, there, there it is here. I'm going to put on, I'm going <laughs> to, we don't need this girl at all. <laughs> or oh, I got another idea. You could just put the tattoo on yourself. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah if, you if, I mean, you think you think if there is a water world and like resources are so scarce and everybody's dying left and right, you think there would be kind of a common energy to find dry land. And if there was a girl with the tattoo to the secret, you'd think they would just start like making as many copies of that on each other as they could. And just be like, okay, this is the only clue we have. Let's all fucking work together. But no, no, that's not how life works. You always got to fight against someone. Well, I like, get that the smokers are the bad guys, but you would have thought that the good guys are working together too, but they really weren't. Uh, yeah, they well they they were gonna kill Kevin Costner for being a mutant for, and, and being a mutant. Yeah. <laughs> All um, right, so there's a few other characters I wanted to just glaze over real brief. Uh, first of all, Jack Black makes a cameo in this movie. Um, yeah. Brennan, you just watched it. Did you notice him? I noticed him for a second because I knew what to look for because he's like he is one of the pilots. Yeah, he's in like and, a plane or something. He's like he's literally yeah he's in the movie for probably. He's probably a, he's probably in the movie a lot. You just don't see him, but um, yeah, like you only see him as Jack Black like yeah. once. And I mean, honestly, it wasn't it, it was a yeah, it wasn't like a real role. 
his first like real role, I think, was cable in the Cable Guy. I think you know Ben Stiller directed the Cable Guy, and was friends with Jack Black and gave him that role, which mm. was like Matthew Broderick's best friend in the Cable Guy. But it wasn't a comedy role, so he didn't stand out really. No, that that was not Jack Black's first role. Jack Black had actually been like a kind of a child actor. No, I mean the, like his first like big oh, mainstream Hollywood big, in the yeah. '90s that kind of like oh that guy. He was no, he was in this movie called Airborne in 1993. And Airborne is like this rollerblading movie, like, and it, and he's actually a pretty, he's like a bully in the movie, like, and he's actually has a pretty big. I'll do respect. Who the hell saw Airborne? I did. Okay, that's one. <laughs> uh, anyways, but yeah, there. I mean, Jack Black's in it, and he's someone that's mentioned because he's, you know, very famous now. Um, uh, Michael Jeter is in it. Um, and he plays like the old is I, I think he plays the old the old man who's like kind of who's like a scientist, right? He's an old man and a blimp. He's like, yeah. I've got the flying machine. He's the guy from World of Warcraft or sorry, yeah. Warcraft 2, not World of Warcraft. Oh, OK. But he's kind of a famous actor in his his own right a little bit. Like he was he plays the he plays the the villain in uh, Airbud. Uh, he's like a clown in that movie. And but he's like he was around. A lot like in what the year did Airbud come out? Oh, that's a 90s movie, yeah. But um, wasn't like 95? Uh, yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's definitely yeah, 97. Um, 90s, you watched Airbud recently you were, with my kids, with my kids. Oh, I have okay, children. all right, like you I didn't watch it when you were a kid, like it came out when we were like 13, all right. Like, I, we were, you, I don't know how many times I have to remind you, I had brothers that were oh, five yeah. years and seven years younger than me, so I watched all those movies. And mm. in my house, every movie we watched every movie. Um, and so, and actually, he he was actually in a movie that we recently saw. We re- not saw, but watched or reviewed or whatever we we're doing here. Uh, Sister Act Two. He was in that. So he's a famous actor, Michael Jeter. Um, who else, Adam? You mentioned this one guy who's in it that I don't Kim, really. Kim Coates um, is one of the main characters in Sons of Anarchy. He plays this character named Tig. That's probably his most recognizable thing, but Kim Coates is a character actor. He's got kind of like this black curly hair and he's got kind of these wild eyes. He's got a really distinct look and, um, he plays like the creepy pedophile, like Mariner traitor guy in this movie. Yeah. I did not recognize him at all. I totally know him. Um, he also kind of, I always get Kim Coates confused with the guy from Buffalo 66, um, that director. Vincent writer. Gallo. Yeah, Vincent Gallo. Um, yeah, they do kind of look alike. Um, and then the only other character that I want to mention, and he's not a big actor at all, but like he, he's in this movie is the, is the, the kind of the, the lackey to Dennis Hopper, the other only smart villain. Yeah, in the, the, lo- the guy with long reddish hair. Um, and he's not famous at all, and I can't. I, I honestly can't find his. I don't know who I'm looking. Oh, his name's Gerard Gerard Murphy. Um, he looks like the bad guy from the '90s miniseries The Stand. Hmm. I I thought he was a bad guy. I thought he was the bad guy from the original. Um, what this movie's based off of is uh, not Road Warrior. Um, not Road Warrior, but uh, Mad Max. I guess it was Mad Max. Like I thought, I thought he was the, one of the bad guys in Mad Max. Which um, Mad Max? The, the original. Oh. But anyways, he's also in it. He plays like a the guy is he? I guess he's undercover at the atoll, or either he's undercover at the atoll. Why do you keep calling it the atoll? 
It's called the Atoll. That place in the movie, that big, that where they go to. You're talking about the, the opening little water town. The little water town. It's called an Atoll. That's so. They, the name they, of the town is Atoll. The Atoll. Yeah. Okay. There's also, and this is where some of my research comes from. Is there's this YouTube channel called the Atoll. It's a fan YouTube page, and they like go into. Like they go into pieces of this movie and like talk about it. Like they talk about pieces of this movie. It's where I found out about the the place, the city that they see might be being Denver. Maybe, maybe they'll <laughs> listen to our podcast. Then like send us hate mail about the things we got wrong. Oh, hopefully I, um, I God, I, I want that to happen so bad. I, I, I love that. Um, because we get so many things wrong when we, we when get we lots talk of stuff that. wrong. We, we you don't uh, have the budget to have Tony reality. Like at the end of our show, go, oh, Adam said this and he meant that and Brennan did this. And actually it was 1992. That's what we need. Well, you know, Tony Ritali does not actually do too much. I imagine he's available to do that for us. Tony Reali? Not Reali. Well, Whatever. I don't know what he does other than those two ESPN shows. Yeah, and that's all he does. So he definitely has time to do this for us. Um Let's get into some of the memorable scenes. There is a ton of memorable scenes. And we've we've touched on one of them. The water, like there's a lot of water sports. There's jet skis um, and machine guns. And there's Gatling gunboats. There's, uh, you know, and I'm, you know, there should be more of these in, in the water, in water world, right? But the precious juice, Brennan, the precious oh. juice. Like, what are they going to fuel it with all day? Ba back to the water sports. A lot of cool shit going on in the water. Shit blowing up. Jet skis. Dogs and cats living together. Like, lots of lots of crazy, fun action water sequences. Yeah. And I don't, they're not overly complicated. And I, I, I wouldn't say that any of them stick out all that much, except when the smokers attack the town of Atoll, as Brennan calls it. The Atoll. Yeah. There is a pretty cool scene. That's a big scene when they're getting attacked. I would say the last scene or the last like not scene, but the last Kevin Costner goes to the Exxon Valdez to rescue Enola. And that entire scene is, is pretty cool. Like, cause at the same time, Dennis Hopper is like rallying the, the smokers and they're going to go to dry land. Like they know where dry land is now. They don't really know, but like they have this tattoo. And so they, he gets all of his, uh, the smokers to go under and they start rowing. And, uh, and then Kevin Costner comes in, he saves the day. Kevin Costner is, is untouchable. Like he can't get killed. He can't he's get like shot. invincible. He's a he's fish. Invincible. He's an invincible fish monster yeah. on a mission. Dennis Hopper's escaping with the girl on a plane. And then, but then Kevin Costner is able to attach something to it. He like kind of like zip lines down and like stops the plane from flying. And then, but then, but then, you know, the bad guy's never gone until, there's this flying machine that the scientist guy has, and he's here to save Kevin Costner and the little girl. And then the little girl then falls into the water. And then like these three ski boats see the little girl and they're like, they're all going for her at the same time. And then Kevin Costner ties a line, grabs a line and jumps out. And, but he, before he does that, he tells Jeannie Triplehorn, tie this off. And he jumps it before she ties it off. She ties it off just in time. And he, Jumps into the water, like swan dies into the water. He like literally like by 150 feet. Apparently it's a bungee cord and he grabs a girl and then all the three boats collide at once and they all die. And then he, but he saved the little girl, but then bungeeing back up to the thing. It was bizarre. Are you saying that water world didn't have a believable climax? I'm, I am saying that, but that is the, those two scenes, the, the atoll attack and then the Exxon Valdez escape is, uh, 
those are the two best scenes in the movie, in my opinion. And the underwater scene when like he's like, "You want to see dry land? I'll show you dry land." And he takes Ginny Ginny Triplehorn and like that weird little bubble that lets her breathe underwater. Yeah, Fish Boy puts Triplehorn in like a bubble, and then he like puts the bubble in onto like a rope and puts the rope around himself like a harness. And then he sort of swims down to Denver, I guess. And with this bubble on the back of him, which pulls a pocket of air with it that Genie yeah. Triplehorn can breathe in. And I'm like, I'm watching it going, what about the depth? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, she's getting crushed. Like, you know, that bubble's popping when I'm watching it. <laughs> well, well, J- well, James Cameron was not directing this movie. So that's why. No they, shit. <laughs> um, you know, one thing I'll say about this is right when that scene is happening, he's like, I'm going to show you Drayland. And he like, they leave the little girl on the boat, right? In the middle yeah. of the sea. And like, and they're the, the, whole re- the whole key to saving society, the little girl, they're like, hey, you want to swim down to Denver for a few hours? We'll leave her here. It's fine. It's not like the smokers are after us or anything. Let's go. <laughs> and like, but as they're leaving, like Jeannie Triplehorn said, she's like, you're going to be, you're going to you're gonna be all right. And then they go. And then when they get back, lo and behold, the boat is ruined and the little girl's gone. <laughs> and they could have taken her with her. Like, why couldn't she just sit in the bubble? Like, no, you wouldn't think she wanted to see fucking underwater denver who would want to see that yeah so um yeah it was kind of a convenient yeah (laughs) um uh, yeah and then we obviously you obviously mentioned uh oh i want to talk about how how like racist everyone is to to the fish mutants specious (laughs) it's specious adam (laughs) specious um so there's there's all these very hostile mutants or they're very hostile people against mutants in this world. And and like the only thing that makes them different is they have these gills that you can't even see. They're like behind the ears. And like these fish mutants could literally be the most useful person in society in Waterworld. And they're still dickheads to them. Play the drop. Gills. There's this old guy with glasses and he looks so unintimidating. He looks like a librarian, right? And he's like, he's a mutant. And then then, like the town mobs him. It's like, oh my God, a mutant. Stop what you're doing. Everyone kill him. And then like the whole town drops whatever they're doing. Starts chasing the pee drinking fish boy like around the atoll. And then the smokers attack at the same time, and that and all shit goes. It's just, it's a funny, funny scene. And as, oh, it, doesn't, it doesn't happen at the same time. It happened that that sparks a, a fight that he has with the the atoll people, and uh, and he kills a couple of them, and uh, and then he gets then he gets put into a oh right, he puts in a cage for like half a day, and then the smokers come, and then yeah, and then but uh, yeah, it doesn't make it. I mean, he has web feet. Obviously. And that, and that, okay, you're you're Brennan. You live in in the atoll. All right, I'm gonna give you a hypothetical. You live in the atoll. You've never had a bath. You drink your own pee every morning. You can't mm. breathe underwater. I don't know. I don't see them fishing much in this movie. We should talk about fish here in a minute. But like, like then a new a stranger comes to your town and says, "Hey, guess what? I can breathe underwater." Like, it, what what other reaction would you have other than, oh, my God, that's awesome. Like, think of how helpful you can be. Oh, my God, you can fit. You can save our society. Instead, 
Instead, you're like, mutation! And you, like, try to stab him in the neck. Like, you can literally dive underwater. You can go get the dirt that we need to make plants. Um, yeah, like you can go he, Not you only can, go can he just fish. dive, he dives, like, thousands of, of yards. Like, he, he went to Denver. Yeah. Um, he went from the top of he swam from the top of Mount Everest to whatever Denver is, whatever the difference is. So Denver's five thousand feet tall. Real quick, Brennan, look up how tall Mount Everest is, because that's how far he can dive. He could dive that deep in the ocean. And this guy, this fish boy, who doesn't even like want to rape, he doesn't even wanna, like want to breed with your women. They like offer him a woman, like right when he gets to the town, they're like, hey, you've been out to see how about a woman? He's like, no, nah, no thanks. Like he's not even using your resources. <laughs> uh, Mount Everest is uh, 29,000 feet tall. Okay, so, so dude could literally swim 24,000 feet down <laughs> deep. I don't I don't understand the math. No, you know, we can't. Mile high is 5,000 feet above sea level, right? Oh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if Mount yeah. Everest is 30,000 feet almost, oh, I see the difference between the two. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he can he can he can swim pretty deep. He can swim over twenty thousand feet down. That's pretty impressive. I'm just saying, I'm just saying <laughs> you might need him in your shitty little town where everybody's dying ha every half day. Um. <laughs> so I don't even know where to go with that. We'll go to the next. Uh, all right, we're just talking. We're talking shit I, about the. I mean, yeah, we've right. already talked about this a lot. Fish Fish Boy yeah. goes underutilized. He's like that. He's like that really good. He's like that really good hitter on a baseball team that like doesn't have a position exactly. So he doesn't play like he's, he's stuck in the fucking national league where they're stupid and they decide to let pitchers hit for some goddamn archaic, archaic reason. Like, uh, Oh, let's all watch him hit buck. Oh, 89 every year. Yeah. This is real baseball. Like <laughs> that's exactly what this is like. They like, don't uh, know how to use his skills. Yeah. They, they anyway. don't know how to use his skills. And, um, th there's a, do we need to talk any more about any of the other scenes? Like, there's a one scene with Kim Coates that you talked about, and Kim Coates puts on. Does he have an Australian accent in all his movies, or is that just like he just? Did oh, he just I don't. Put know. It he's got this? this weird, creepy fish pedophile man accent, or he he's like trying to trade paper to Fish Boy for mm. time with the women, and yes. he like they eventually strike a deal that he's going to give Kevin Costner all this paper and Kevin Costner is going to let him have at Jeannie Triplehorn for 30 minutes. Like that's the deal they strike. And then like Kim Coates goes, he's like kind of him on. He goes, how about 45 minutes with the wee one? And like the fish boys like, no. And then it doesn't yeah. go down though. Like Kevin Costner totally screws this guy. He strikes a deal like a man to man business relationship deal a handshake deal and then fucking fish boy goes and reneges and kills the, the bastard that's i mean that's you're a deal breaker no but he was a he was a creep he wanted to have sex with a little girl yeah, i know i'm not saying it was like a moral deal i'm just saying kevin gonna, costner made the deal and and i'm not gonna lie in water world you need to be killing anyone you see that is lesser than you because you're just going to take all their shit. Like that's what you do. Like if I'm Kevin Costner in Waterworld and I run across a, some creepy guy that has all this shit that I can trade with, I'm just going to fucking kill him. Like, cause that's, you know, that's the world we live in, Adam. All right. Well, I, you're right. Let's move on to the, to the, <laughs> the best scene of the movie, the most influential scene, the most memorable scene, Kevin Costner yeah. drinking his own pee. Best scene ever. Best scene in you know in the '90s movie. I and I I have a theory that 
the pee that he ingested that got into his Hollywood system gave him sepsis, gave him Hollywood sepsis. Like he never recovered from having urine in his system after this. Like everyone in Hollywood saw him drinking his own pee in 1995 and said, that guy drinks his own pee. We're not casting him. <laughs> then he had to make his own movies. Yeah. And where he drinks pee again. Does he drink pee in the postman? I thought he drinks pee in the po I thought the very first scene of the postman is he drinks pee again, but I could be wrong. I've only seen it like <laughs> once or twice, but I thought well, that's I what happens. So Kevin Costner did an interview about Waterworld um, a few years back, and I, I pulled this quote from that interview that I'm going to read to you. This is, this is Kevin Costner's words. He says, I know that people might think of Waterworld as a low point for me. We do. It wasn't. I, it could have had a better, more obvious outcome. The thing I know is that I never had to stand taller for a movie when most were going the other way. I don't know what that means mm. exactly. The movie, with all its imperfections, was a joy for me, a joy to look back upon and to have participated in. So he's saying all the right things. Like, he's saying he's, all the right things. He yeah, is. he's still attached to the movie. He probably had a large... I mean, yeah, he's going to say that. He was the star. If it sucks, it's his fault. Uh, he. I don't know how why he would say any of this because... It, it, he actually ends up Kevin Costner ends up like getting like the director, Kevin Reynolds leaves the movie after like in the editing process because Kevin Costner is being so overburdened, like being like about the, the editing of the movie. And so he, Kevin you mean Reynolds, like he's has really dogmatic with like shot yeah, selection and stuff. Exactly. And so Kevin Reynolds like walks away at the end, like in like in post-production and Kevin Costner just like takes over the editing of the, of the movie at the, from like, and that's probably why we got such a shitty ass movie. I want, I want the Kevin Reynolds cut. I don't know that you do. <laughs> uh, well, that was the, the memorable scenes of Waterworld, the cast, but let's, uh, let's get into, let's take a little break, Adam. And, uh, yeah, so we're renaming this segment, all right? And ooh, we're going to okay. get a drop for this. But here okay. is Tunes of the Time. Yeah, this is where I play you the number one song in America at the time. That And this song was released July, July 28th, 1995. So here you go. This is TLC's Waterfalls. Ah, uh, you know what's crazy, Adam, is the last episode was another TLC song. That's how big TLC was in the '90s. How about the how about the poignancy of Waterfalls being the number one song at the release of Waterworld? Um, mm -hmm. so I was watching the video and I was like, "Is that Bokeem Woodvine?" And I was like, "Holy shit, it is! This is like Bokeem Woodvine's breakout video." I had to look up who Bokeem Woodbine is, um, but yeah, he he was he's a little is he the little boy in it or is no, he? He's the young, gangster that like gangster. kills the little boy. Oh, he's the bad guy in the in the video. This video is fucking weird. It's so weird. I couldn't tell what was going on. So I'm like, I always thought the song was about waterfalls, and I'm like watching the video, going, "What the fuck is happening?" And it's like a it's like a little like kind of like. Uh, a little gangbanger kid and his mom trying to tell him don't be a gangbanger. And he's like, stupid mom, you don't know anything. And then 
little kids out playing dice or something. And then randomly Bokeem Woodbine shows up and shoots him, kills the yeah. kid. And it's like, the kid hadn't even won. It's like, what is he yeah. taking from this kid? And then the mom like comes over the kid and she like ugly cries over him. She's like, ah! And yeah. then you're like, well, that's fucking weird. What's going on there? The kid just got shot by Bokeem Woodbine. What the fuck? And then it like transitions to like a second story in the video during Waterfalls. It's like a, there's like a man and a woman and they're, they're getting ready to have sex and they don't have a, or they have a condom and the wife like throws the condom away or something. And at the end, they're both dying. Yeah. Is it, one of them have AIDS? I, I they couldn't yeah. follow it. So yes, one of them does have AIDS. The the lyrics and song refer to the 1990s issues of HIV, AIDS, and um, illegal drug trade. Um, so yeah, that's what that's the meaning behind the song of "Don't Go Chasing Water." Water. Hang on, don't. hang on. There's lyrics in the song that talk about HIV and AIDS. No, there's no. I think it's just like it's referring to like you know if you were chasing waterfalls basically means like I don't know like I don't really know what it means but I guess it refers to like don't you know, have unprotected sex and don't, um, don't let do your kid join the drug trade. <laughs> so basically if you're chasing waterfalls, you are, you're gonna, you're doing drugs and you're having unprotected sex. Okay. Well, that was... so don't go, don't go chasing waterfalls. You know, you know, please stick to the rivers and the lakes like you're used to. Yeah. So it means stay in your lane, I guess it means don't try new things. Yes. That's that's, that's exactly. doesn't seem like a song that would have that doesn't seem like a message that would be very popular in the 90s. <laughs> well, I mean, it was, you know, it was a very bit prob problematic drugs and and HIV at the time. Like it was a big deal. Oh, could I could I say something else about this video? Like the three yes. women in it, like uh, they're all like stationary in like really shallow water. And they're just standing there with their legs in the water and they don't move side to side at all because they're in water. So they're just very stationary, like kind of moving left and right and moving their arms. That's exactly how I dance. Yeah. Like they don't move it. I was thinking way that, Hey, I could, that's me. There's probably a reason to why they weren't not dancing that well, much. I'm sure they couldn't move around because their legs were in the water. And they didn't want to be chasing anything. They don't want to be moving because that would, you know, that would they're directly... just sort of swaying. Yeah, it, it's a it's a weird music video. It's a good song, though. Um, <laughs> I guess I didn't even know what it was about. I, I still don't know what it's really about. I don't it mean um, don't have unprotected sex and don't let your kids get into the drug trade. I, like I if you would have asked me that was the meaning of don't go chasing waterfalls, I probably would have missed it. Um, anyway, do you have anything else for tunes at the time? I, I don't. I I think uh I think we covered it all for the all tune. right. All right. Tunes so. of the time. TLC's Waterfall is a good one. Um, uh, so let's get let's get back to the very end. Uh, finish this podcast up. I wanted to say this whole fucking movie and Brennan kind of hinted this earlier. This is just Mad Max in the sea. Yeah, it, no, it is. But it was literally they it was it was the inspiration for the movie. Mad like it was it's been when going doing a little bit of research I did like they mentioned like this movie was actually thought of like when Mad Max was coming out, they actually wanted to make this movie in the eighties. They wanted a, to actually you do make it a B movie, um, which is, which is very funny. It's funny that this movie went from like wanting to like, they wanted it to be a B movie to being the most expensive movie of all time. Well, you can see how those two things don't fit, right? Like right. if this movie was a B movie and it was made with a lot more fun 
and less attempts to be dramatic and have a deep message about like morality and fish monsters are, are people too, <laughs> shit like that. I think it would have been a lot better. Like I, I wrote this, like this, this, the budget of this movie compared to the budget for Mad Max, the road warrior is, is night and day. Mad Max, the road warrior, the good one, the, the second one with Mel Gibson. I bet you that one was made for less than a million bucks. I, I don't know. I haven't looked that up, but it was the, and that one is, is a billion fucking million times better than this in every way. And, and it's, it's, it goes like, this is an important subject to me. Budget is not important when it comes to art. You need some money. Don't get me wrong. But the diff, but, but once you get to a certain point, the rest is the difference in good and bad is all talent. It is not money. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, I think the, the issue of the budget was they couldn't make this a B movie because of the, the, the water element, like, cause it would just be too, it would be a really expensive B movie. And so, um, but yeah, and so they, they shelved it for, it was the, the concept or the original script was written in 1986. It, they shelved it until 1989. And then I think that's when like Kevin Costner got involved. You know, that uh, makes, that makes a lot of sense to me because the dialogue in this movie feels like such bad eighties action dialogue. Hmm. Yeah, it's like I mean, bad dial. It's like 80s action dialogue, but it's like it's coming off as like a like an important drama. And it's like, this doesn't work. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so to answer, if you, Mad, to answer your question about Mad Max Two, uh, the Road Warrior, um, four point five million dollars. That's that way movie. more than I would have guessed. Well, still uh, compared to one hundred seventy five million. OK, <laughs> so. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say is that Waterworld had more bad publicity than any movie I can remember at the time. Like everyone, like it, it was so expensive and everyone talked so much shit. A lot of people heard how bad Waterworld was way before they ever saw it, including me and my family. Yeah. I mean, it's funny though. Cause like, the, I feel like in the nineties that happened a lot. Like, Oh, I heard this is bad. I'm not going to go see it. Like, and, and so, and, until so it hurts it in the box office nowadays Good. now but yeah nowadays movies do that like man this movie's bad everyone still goes and sees it so like it, it's very well everyone <laughs> saw fucking water world too it made 265 million or whatever well it didn't initially made that make that much the movie that the, the oh, movie it's itself is actually like well, i guess it might have I, I mean i shouldn't say that it didn't make that much it did make that much yeah, Costner said that the idea that it was a financial flop was always incorrect. So this movie also won Dennis Hopper a Razzie for a worst supporting actor. Um, and it also was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Sound. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I should mention that the, the Waterworld attraction at Universal Studios mm -hmm. in Hollywood is still there and it's still awesome i was there like uh two or three halloweens ago with my wife and it's still a really fun show it's only like you know 20 25 minutes so oh really like it's like it's still in like you can go to universal studios and watch the water world attraction yes it's well it was when i went like two and a half years ago it was still there yes so we've talked a lot about the dumb shit in the movie yeah. i i I wrote this. I don't even know where to begin uh, the plot, the acting, the characters, the themes, like it's all dumb. Like this is a dumb, dumb movie. Yeah. Uh, one thing that's particularly doesn't make a lot of sense. If Dennis Hopper has this giant fleet of minions with their mini, like 
you know, boats and ships and even airplanes like Jack Black is in. They have airplanes. You know, they're yeah. able to fuel and fly airplanes. He's not able to find dry land without a, a really vague fucking tattoo on the back of a seven year old girl in Chinese. Good luck. Like those fucking smoker guys. They don't know how to point straight. You think any of them know Chinese? Like, <laughs> let alone how to navigate longitude and latitude. Like, yeah. they did in the movie. They don't know where they're going. Like he says, like they'll row for a month before they ask any questions. So like they I know, they but the whole plan is, yeah. is predicated around this. Uh, so dry land was the top of Mount Everest. We've mentioned that. Like realistically, how many people can live on the top of a mountain? Is the top uh, of a mountain even fucking habitable? I, well, I guess it is now. I mean, now Mount Everest is transformed into Hawaii. Um, is that what it was? <laughs> the climate's yeah. different. The, I mean, imagine if the if if a, if the entire world went underwater and there was like a place like that, like it would probably terraform and like it would it would change it would change a little bit. It would yeah, change the weather and the the geological structure. So you're right. And, and I was I want to talk about fish. Is there any fish in this movie? Was there like a big fish scene? Uh, so, there's a there's a one scene where it's Jeannie Triplehorn, Enola, and Kevin Costner. They are all on the the boat, and they're like he does this weird maneuver where he like goes into the water, like he like basically baits himself, and then like this weird humongous fish creature kind of like jumps out and he like kills it. Um, oh, right, right, right. Like he uses himself as bait to like a whale monster thing. And then when he's yeah. swallowed by the whale, he kills it from like the inside out, right? Yeah. yeah. He like exactly. blows it up with like a double-ended harpoon gun or something. Another dumb, another dumb shit about this movie is like, I, they, we totally gloss over, the whole movie gloss over that there's these humongous feet, fish creatures, these like weird things that don't exist right now that exist in this world. <laughs> Well, people um, are growing gills behind their ears. It wouldn't be the weirdest thing if like sharks and whales grew big and meaner. <laughs> I was actually going to say, I wish there was more oceanic elements in this. Like that one, I, I had. That's, that's true. Like there's no, like there's no tsunamis or anything like that. There's not weird right. weather. Like it's pretty, pretty nice the entire time they're yeah, doing Why this. is there no storms? Yeah. Where's the storms at? I guess they couldn't afford that in the budget. Yeah. Really. Um, <laughs> so, so one thing I want. So let's let's say that you're right. The, there's no storms, and now the top of Mount Everest is like Hawaii. Let's say you're right. Yeah. As soon as one person found that place, wouldn't wouldn't Mount Everest be the epicenter for every like death war moving forward forever until there's only one body of people left? Like, wouldn't everybody in the world be flocking to Mount Everest and warring over it? Um, probably. Um. Yes, so I would imagine that that's the sequel to this movie. Is they found dry land and now they have to protect it, right? But there <laughs> is no sequel, and this was one of my favorite things I found out while we were doing research. There is no sequel for this movie, and it's for a very specific reason. The reason Kevin Costner doesn't do sequels. <laughs> We've talked a lot of shit about Kevin Costner today. I want to say this is my favorite thing I found out about Kevin Costner, and it makes me think he's way cooler. I wanted to say my my two cents about dumb shit and about movies. Go ahead. About, about this movie. Is that if the polar ice caps melted, if all the ice in the world melted, okay, the there wouldn't just be Everest. It, it Actually, there would still be a lot of land left. So, like, I get it that we got to suspend our belief that, like, this happened and there's only one place that has dry land now, Mount Everest or whatever. Um, 
but there would be a lot of land like America would still exist. So like this this idea that this would happen is not is not even real. So are you uh, saying that some of the fear about global warming may not be based in fact? Are you saying that? That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that if all the polar ice caps melted, there'd still be a lot of land left. Um, other thing I will say is there'd be a lot. There's a, I mean, Mount Everest is the tallest place in the world, but there's a couple other places that are pretty tall too. And there would be other places that would be above water. So, you know. Well, maybe there were. They just didn't have a little girl tattooed with them. <laughs> Like, that's true. There's also, another little, that's an, that's an, there's another little girl. And another like tool. I said, wow. they were shipping babies out from Mount Everest in every which way. One went to Denver, you know, one went to Seattle, one went to South America, you know, little girls with tattoos on their backs. They were their exports. If um, you live on Mount Everest now, if you get to the end and you're on dry land, does it even produce good water from the top based on the new, like, that's weather a, climate? You know what I mean? Like, that's a great question. There's no ice to melt, right? Like, like, where's this water coming from exactly? <laughs> That's an amazing point, Adam, because when I was watching this movie, they get to dry land. The first thing they do is they find water, and there's this humongous fucking river that's coming from the mountain. Like, this, it's like it has so much water coming out of it, so much fresh water coming out of it. Yeah, where's this water coming where's from? Where's water coming from? I don't, yeah, no I don't know. There's no ice. There's no, there's no snow. There's, they're in a tropical climate, so it's not like... Every year, it's becoming. Right. They're, they're getting more ice, more snow. Like that doesn't happen. We've Ugh. run really long. This I'm going to skip ahead this here. Our longest show we've ever done. Would um, a re would a reboot work for you? Yes. Bring Waterworld back. Do another. Do it. Redo it. Give the us second reasons. most expensive movie ever made. Waterworld two. Reason, give us reasons to you know. Uh, give us reason. Uh, sorry, I'll edit all this. I want to know more backstory of of how the water world ex came to be. This no. Yes. No, you, want backstory. you want more sea creatures and pirates. You want, yeah. I want a horror movie. Mm, okay. Water world like directed by James Cameron, the horror movie with like all uh, these wicked sea monsters and fucking pirates trying to kill like a fish mutant. This had to come across his desk, right? Like, I don't know. This is like, this is he right was smart enough to pass if it did. Um, he then went on to make the most expensive movie ever made after this was with Titanic. So, um, much better movie. So anyway, <laughs> do you have any final thoughts about Waterworld? I think, I think we've covered it. Um, I don't, I love this movie. All right. Well, I just wanted to reiterate to all of our new awesome fans. Uh, we're really pushing for those five-star reviews on iTunes and Apple music. So that's how you can help us out. You can share the show with a buddy. That'd be really cool too. subscribe. Obviously we need those. But reach out to us on Facebook, um, all the socials. We'd love to interact with you. If you have show requests, you can send them to at super, excuse me, super 90s brothers at gmail.com, at bropomode, at super 90s brothers. Like we're out there. Find us. We love you guys. We'll keep doing the show just for you. Do you have anything else to say, Brennan? No, but I I really think that this movie should is a lot better than people think it is. All right, for Brennan Pointer, I am Adam J. Pitzler. This has been another pee-drinking episode of Super 90s Brothers Waterworld Style. You guys have a kick-ass rest of your April, and we'll be in touch with you. Peace! <laughs> <laughs>